The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. have this feeling like if I make a really long sentence that it'll be hard for you to concentrate from the beginning to the end. Dead on. You have to be yeah. able to comprehend what you're saying. I have to try and remember what you're saying. I have to formulate my own thought. Like even going in the car with my mom because it was too much to handle. Like the, the light. Because think about it. You have to focus on the light that's around you, you have to focus on the sounds around you, you have to think about your own thoughts, you have to think about their thoughts, you have to think about your body, how it's moving, everything. It's, you take it for granted, but I had no idea about this kind of world. It's a wonderful chaos, random, glorious. Solo or tandem? We work to find rest, and fight to find peace, both head and the heart. Today we've got Karen Scara on, and we had this is our second our second go at Karen because first time we we missed one another. And part you, you mean she didn't show up. She didn't show up <laughs> <laughs> nicely, but and 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 interestingly, she even warned me that that might happen because of this this the show we actually have, and the show is living with uh, invisible disability, and we're going to discuss how it's been for her, and we're going to discuss her walking wounded movement that she's actually bringing awareness around people who have invisible disabilities, and we will be doing that on. A wonderful chaos, people. A, A wonderful, wonderful chaos. chaos. <laughs> this show is quite interesting. Unlike any other show we've done so far, is because up until the last minute, I'm, I, I was wondering if Karen was going to be uh, showing up. And I love when people um, own their space. Because the first time I spoke with Karen, she says, Andy, please be aware that... I may forget things even while we're doing the show. So if that's okay with you, great. But if not, then, you know, that might be a problem. And, and, and of course, that was really sweet of her because I'm like, hey, that's cool. I tell her we'll interact around that as it happens. Yeah. Um, but what I neglected to think, what she was also telling me at that same moment is I'm not really reliable when it comes to agreed upon dates and times. So, uh, so, so we'll talk about that. But, but what happened was we, we missed the first show and it was interesting because as I uh, said to her, Hey, the next show is this date. Even before she sent me a message, like it wasn't the show supposed to be uh, today or then. Um, and then, uh, I, I thought actually yesterday it was one of the first times I thought, Oh, it might happen again. So I sent her a nice message and said, Hey, I look, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. As which opposed was, to show up. <laughs> as opposed to don't forget. <laughs> and it was sweet. She recognized and then we discussed and we discussed times and everything. So, yeah. And, and, and what I thought was beautiful was that she said that because of this disability and the fact that it's invisible, 
it's it's a weird thing to deal with because in a way, if we're with her and you look at Karen, you wouldn't think for a moment that there's anything that she's not able or capable of doing. Yeah. So it's only through the interaction over time that you would see she's actually has disabilities. And as she explained in the short talk we had, that there's problems that arise because of that, because people make assumptions. Like if if her arm was 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 gone, it would be easier to say, hey, that's a disability I recognize. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not going to ask you to clap. Yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. Yes. But in her case, it's an invisible, it's an invisible disability, which brings a different struggle and a different frustration, I could imagine, because if people project and we talk about projection a lot on the show, but if we project that there's nothing wrong with her and then all of a sudden she exhibits certain behavior and we're not aware that that's the, that that possibility exists, then all of a sudden we can turn into blame or frustration, which you can imagine would be a real pain because you're already dealing with an invisible disability. And added to that, you've got people that are now blaming you or frustrated with you for something you have no mm. control over yourself. And I mean, w- what comes up for me is, yeah. as you're talking, is walking down the streets of Amsterdam. Yeah. Karen can be anyone who might be behaving in a, in a, let's say, not a social norm or weird from walking a little bit wobbly or maybe like really subtle. And I, I do even notice in myself, I own it, that sometimes like, like what's wrong with that person? And yeah. then I'll take a deep breath in. Like, I wonder what it's like to be them. Yeah. And not even knowing that, that they may at that very moment be suffering from the thing that we're judging them for. Yeah. And that's what sucks is that in some weird way, as we talk about over and over again, society has certain norms. And when we don't uh, live up to those, then people have a, a tendency to pass a judgment on it. Like, oh, a I label. want to stay away. A label. Yeah. yeah. So that's sort of the intro for this one. Um, Let's bring her on. We bring her on. Hello, Karen. Karen. Karen Skara. Hello. Hey. Nice second chance to get an a opportunity to meet you. Thank you. Yeah. Again, thanks for being understanding of um, my goldfish-like memory. Yeah. Well, you remind you, you know you took full responsibility, even though you don't even remember that you took full responsibility. You <laughs> warned me, so I, uh, I I didn't even feel any. I was like, oh yeah, she told me this the first time we met, so I can't even say that it was uh, it was anything but ha- somewhat expected. Oh, thank God. <laughs> How is it for you? Because on on one level, I mean, like there is this idea that you are showing up, you're volunteering your time and energy, but at the same time, every time you show up, there's a bit of a risk involved. So how is that? Eh, just got to wing it really. And just um, hope for the best. Like uh, it's frustrating because <laughs> I have to rely on my phone. Like it's always in my hand. Otherwise I setting reminders that way I can remember all these things that are coming up. Otherwise pff, I wouldn't remember like, see my grandma, see my mom. Okay. Granted I would, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But do they, do they get angry or frustrated with you because they're like, Hey, you're not remembering something that's important. Yeah. From time to time. So it's kind of handy that I'm living on my own now. So, but no, they've always been uh, understanding, but understandably they were, would get frustrated from time to time because I'm not my old self anymore. Right. And will they blame you for that? Or how does that show up? Like, what's the behavior that you'll see? Um, well, I'd say like, cause growing up, my mom, she's always been, um, 
a little more stern with me, which has really helped me out a lot growing up. But, um, oh, shoot, what was I saying? Uh, <laughs> this is one of those moments. We can go anywhere, by the way. If you ever want to say, give me a redo, then we'll just re- we'll repeat the question over again. Yeah, okay, redo. <laughs> so what's the what's the thing you dislike most about your mom? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, uh, she she's actually one of the most amazing women i i know uh, and um it's gonna be more grateful to have her as a mom that's beautiful um this accident happened in 2013 yes so that's what now seven seven years now um can you tell me what you know because you do you do you feel or do you feel like you're another person after that? Or do you just feel you're the same person, but you just have uh, inabilities? Did you change as a person after that accident? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, well, okay, not really, but sort of. I'll explain. Yeah, please. <laughs> so basically, I um, before my accident, I was pretty chill, easygoing, stuff like that. But now since then, I'm like, life's too short. Fuck it. Let's. Okay. I shouldn't be swearing on air, but. Oh, please we, do. Please do. We use we use a lot of that profanity, actually. I forgot to ask before we went on air. Good. I'm fluent in that. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, redo, right. Yes. No, redo. Okay. Redo. So, so basically, uh, just to sort of summarize, what I wanted to know is who you were before and after. And, and you basically you are telling me that afterwards you said, fuck it more often. Like, fuck it. And what does fuck it mean, actually, for you? Well, to be honest. I really don't, I'll, I'll share. I, um, I've tried drugs uh, for the first time. I've been a little more promiscuous and, um, just mm. really, I wanted to see what life was like out, outside wow. of my bubble. And it's been really eye opening because now I get to see what life is like outside that bubble that now that is popped. <laughs> but, wow. um, yeah, yeah, so there's been like pros and cons with it. Right. But yeah. This taught me a lot. It it almost sounds like you are liberated. Uh, yeah. Hmm? Yeah, in a way, I guess. Uh, like, uh, oh crap, what was I saying? There's well, gonna be something you, else. You, you, you've been liberated. You've been liberated. Yeah. Well, what we're actually trying to feel into is that if you had this, as you've had an accident that's had a dramatic effect on on your brain, the the impact of that is it sounds almost like you live more in the moment. Like, I'm more like, this is what's active for me now. This guy is sexy. I want to have sex. I'm not going to think about all the things I used to think about. I'm just going to say, hey, let's do this. Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) 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 Okay, I'm not not a hoe. No, no, I I got it. I got it. (laughs) Okay. Oh, I don't no, want to show my girls. <laughs> and if you were, we would we would not we would only think we're, better. We're hoes. Yeah, I used to be actually. I, I'm married now. Down, so. down. All yeah. right, cool. Um, <laughs> Andy, so, uh, okay. like, I'm I'm curious now. What kind of work were you doing before this? Well, for a while, ever since I was probably 10 years old, I've had a big dream of going to the Olympics, and I've uh, just been a big diehard fan. And I was training for a long time, but because of my performance anxiety, I just couldn't match up to it or where I wanted to be in life with that. Yeah. Like I uh, managed to train at a competitive level, but I've never been able to really utilize my potential. And so that was frustrating. But other than that, I just did like, I don't know, job here or there. And um, 
you know, just looking for experience on a resume. But um, honestly, the accident was for the better. And um, I remember before my accident, I think it was maybe a month prior to, I made a wish that I would have a new brain, that I'd have a new life, new situation. And voila. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you remember what you were feeling in that moment when you had that wish? Like, what was the what was going on for you? Well, due to societal pressures and stuff like that of like education and whatnot, I always felt that I was a loser, that I was not smart because of what teachers would tell me in front of class, like calling me stupid in the middle of class. Like, come on, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I just felt really low about myself and that really was not a good place. Granted, I have low moments now, but still like I feel like a stronger individual. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Isn't that funny that you feel stronger, although your brain is sometimes failing you? I know. Isn't it kind of funny? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a full embraced where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't there a fancy word for that? Like a paradox or something like that? Yeah. It's paradox. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Okay, good. <laughs> it's, or isn't that ironic? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Karen, which, which part of your brain got damaged? Was it the left? Or the right? See, I'm trying to remember. Was it the um, or the emotional? <laughs> oh, no, it's all good. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I know there was three separate skull fractures. Um, I know that it was, I think, the, uh, my left uh, frontal lobe mm -hmm. and my um, uh, right, uh, what was it called? occipital um lobe yeah and so it was around that those areas so back here and front here so that affected um around my temporal too so that affects my problem solving my impulsivity as well as my uh, speech and um just getting words out in memory and yeah <laughs> yeah yeah wow it, go ahead were there any embarrassing moments um due to the after the accident, like anything like that really sticks out for you? Oh yeah. Just like kind of some words that are coming out of my mouth right now. Yeah. yeah. Just like, <laughs> like part of hoedowns, you know? Yeah. But did you have any moments with like people who thought that you should remember them or things like you just forgot things completely and you were just a bit like, wow, these, this really happened to me. Could you, uh, Oh, oh so, so, did a guy say to you, hey, listen, I loved when we dated. And you're like, we never dated. Like, did anything like, did you lose memory on that level? Uh, yeah, I actually did. I remember uh, running into classmates or something like that. And I just would not have no idea who the hell they were. Like, get out of my way. Yeah. Oh, but, they, but they would greet you and you wouldn't know who they were. Yeah, pretty much. Just I think it's like at Costco or something like that. that, that oh, yeah. But it, it's embarrassing because it's just like, who is this person? But yeah. at the same time, it's, it's weird because it's familiar too. So it's kind of like I'm questioning myself. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah, I think it also happens when you turn 50 like me because if I look at all my friends, we were all so fat and different than we looked before that I always look and think, do we really know each other? <laughs> and then I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if they say the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. But... <laughs> Oh, I shoot. I'm trying to remember. Um, I know that since my accident, like before, I used to be pretty fit and um, pretty in shape. So now I got a bit of a chin, but mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, but you don't care. So. I call it. 
The accident itself, how old were you? I was 18. So I was just starting everything, like learning how to, I don't know, make a career for myself, a living, a life, just learning about, um, I don't know, the partying stages, I guess. I never got mm. a chance to experience those. And so for the past couple of years now, or a few years, I've uh, been trying to learn more about what uh, this party life is. And it's it was interesting. But I'm over that now, and I'm glad I got to experience a bit of it. So it was one hell of a ride. Yeah, because, I mean, at 18, you you it, uh, you were in, in the car that had the accident. Yes. And, uh, and I, I mean, were, were you alone in the car? Were there other people involved in it? Or how did that work out? What was the, what was the, the whole environment that? Well, I, uh, I don't have any memory of the accident, but, um, oh crap, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Oh, what was I talking about? Um, words of sorts, um, the accident. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so basically, um, what I was later told when, when I was able to latch onto memories is my uh, family and my mom, she took uh, detailed notes of what happened. So she talked to the um, police officer who was there that night. And I guess what they think happened is I was on a back roads and I remember uh, distinctively heading towards a party, but then after that I was getting changed and, but anyways, it turned black. And I guess what happened is I was on back roads. I guess I must have been like speeding or something like that. And uh, there were swerve marks uh, trying to slow down possibly for an animal or something like that. And then when I was trying to swerve, you can see the tire marks going down into the ditch like I was sliding. And uh, when I was about to start rolling is when like um, the power pole, I guess I, uh, how do you do this? Okay, I flipped up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I flipped up against it and I knocked the power pole in half. And the only reason why I was found is because I knocked the power out in Paris Bruce Grove. So yeah, wow. wow. Yeah, Star's helicopter came and flew me to the hospital. Wow. And then, how long was that process of? Were you in a coma for some period, or how how did it proceed from that moment? You know, I was very fortunate that I did not end up in a coma for some reason, but I was told that my um, what was it? Uh, they were prepping me for emergency surgery because uh, there was a lot of blood. Um, and my brain was swelling too much. So they were going to have to try and relieve it, um, alleviate uh, that. Is that the right word? Yeah, to relieve, yeah. The, relieve the pressure. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, they were trying to, yeah, they were going to have to do surgery next to a main artery. But by some miracle, like, there's a couple of miracles that night. And um, I guess uh, the swelling subsided and uh, the surgery wasn't needed. And um, yeah, and it was done next to a main artery. So there was chances of me dying that night too, again. Yeah. And how long did it take you then to heal from this whole thing? I mean, not that you even are still healing, but how long did it take you just to get out of the hospital? Um, I was in the hospital. Well, I was hospitalized for two months. And then I think it was two and a half years of outpatient therapy. And um, after that, just regular physio appointments, uh, seeing my neurologist on a regular basis, still do, and seeing my GP, my general practitioner regularly, and um, just doing a lot of being proactive and really trying to work on myself to for self-betterment, right? Trying to work on my uh, cognitive abilities and stuff, trying to get back to normal. But I actually was on the phone with my neurologist recently because I was just in a rut and just trying to figure out if or what's going on with me, if I can try and improve my brain. And he said that um, basically don't bother taking um, 
your meds care not not your meds but like vitamin supplements and anything like that because your brain's forever like this so i refuse to accept this so mm. that's beautiful was there were there things that you had to relearn like writing yeah. or reading um or remember like re <laughs> uh i really noticed that like my math skills, uh, it's like I always had little bits and pieces of everything, but I needed to really improve upon it. So I, one of the biggest factors was actually my pain, and it still is a big, um, big factor. But so with my reading, I um, started reading teen novels and stuff like that to try and practice my reading comprehension. And I also um, would try to practice like flashcards or um, games on the iPad. But what else? Um, yeah, just basically trying to really practice the, the areas that I was really lacking in again. And so that was just like problem solving as well as memory and attention. And I think that you know, the, those were the main ones. Yeah. 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 But but so you saw that things you could do before weren't as easy to do afterwards, clearly. So like math, you would have gone from maybe one level like a a eighth grader level or whatever, whatever, I mean, a higher level of math to a lower level of math. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it's really weird. It's, it's like your body or your, your mind knows what's going on. Like, you know, that you have these abilities or you, you used to have them, but it's like, you have a screen, a, uh, like, a I don't know, like a door screen and stuff like that right in front of you and you can't get past it. It's just, something's preventing you. It's the strangest feeling. But yeah. Wow. So, after the accident, did you get get any discoveries like superpowers? Yeah, it's on the down low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I um have not really noticed many yet, but I'm looking forward to the day it comes. But I mean, that's not altogether true yeah. because if you said when we began, you said you began not to give a fuck. I think it takes people into their fifties to get to that point. Usually like a kind of surrender, like a, like life is love. what it is. Stop making a big deal about it. We're here. Enjoy this moment. Like that's a, that's a pretty powerful place to be where at your age now. Oh, thank you. I, I guess so. I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's allowed you, me to be more relaxed person. We're not, just... we're, not, we're not just saying that by the way, no. it's really uh, a thing. It is a oh. thing. Yeah, there's a there's a moment in life when you say, I just don't give a fuck anymore. And all yeah. of a sudden, everything gets so much easier. It's like every, really nice. Yeah. You struggle all the time. And you're like, oh, I just don't give a fuck. And then all of a sudden, everything you everything you struggle to do just sort of comes to you in ways that you're like, why did I why did I fight all these years when it could have been this easy? Yep. What was yeah. I? Where was all my time going on? Yeah. What was I focusing on? Oh, absolutely. Like prior to my accident, I was, I don't know, a little more uptight. I was still relaxed, but at the same time too, I was just more, I don't know, a little uptight, I guess. It's well, hard to you, tell. You were also a teenager. Let's get that yeah, straight. Yeah, you're a teenager. How, how old yeah. are you now? I am 26. 26. You, um, I'm trying to, when you're going through this rehabilitation, how would you say it's shifted from the moment like you have this accident till now? Are you seeing continual improvement or is it sort of like there's a consistent challenge that stays that you can't quite get around? Um, I remember being told that, let's see, hold on, I'm just turning off my notifications. This is 
Load. Okay. But um, yeah, I noticed that. Oh, okay. Uh, so the question was, let's just go back. <laughs> so we're going to do the do over. The question is basically, has the problem that you had right afterwards, has it gotten better through time? Have you been? Absolutely. Yeah. I've noticed that um, my memory, uh, my problem solving skills, everything has slowly started to improve. Mm-hmm. But um, it's definitely much better, especially my pain levels too, now that I have new medication. But it's definitely improved a lot. But it's had a lot of hard work has been put into it. And um, yeah, um, I'm trying to remember what else. Oh, yeah, but what would it have been like? So after you had the accident, it helped me understand what is the thing that you could not do afterwards that you can do now? What 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 changed? Like um, what I can do now, but couldn't do before? Exactly. Okay. Um, let's see. I can uh, walk maybe, I don't know, for about like 20 minutes and stuff like that now. And um, whereas before, like I uh, remember distinctively just being in the hospital and just uh, my physiotherapist not really understanding my situation. And she was forcing me to, like, I understand she has a job, but she was trying to push me past to the point where I would be like feel like fainting or feel like dizzy and falling and stuff like that. So I just couldn't walk even less than 10 meters or anything like that. So it, it's like walking everything like that, just like all over again. It's been a quite the process, but I've learned a lot. It's incredible that you're in this good a spirit, given that that's what you've been going through these last years. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, um, prior to my accident, I've, um, been working on uh, mindfulness and I remember having this big epiphany that I um, should really try and work on mindfulness and being more in tune with myself. And if it wasn't for that mindset, um, I would have been a very different person now after my accident. And it's really honestly to save my ass. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Bambos and I talked about that today, actually. <clears throat> yeah. I, I was sharing that breath work uh, got me out of depression. Really? Oh, that's fantastic. Depression's a bitch. I'm not going to lie. Like, you're on this show now, and we're going to be an hour together. Like, oh, you didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't. I didn't. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got two more hours to go then. (laughs) Like, do you mentally need to prepare yourself for something like this? Like, yeah. do you need do you need to make sure that you get rest beforehand, or, or, or it's just something that you have on your to do list and you just go into it without any thought of it? It's a, a combination of both because I noticed that well since the accident, I need to really start preparing notes and like a, basically a script for myself whenever I have a phone call or um, a meeting or anything like that. Mm. But at the same time too, the only way I'm going to improve is if I actually try and push myself past my comfort zone. So I try and I just basically quarter of the year is just balls to the walls and just go for it. And if I make an ass of myself, so be it. Because yeah, you asked you asked me a few hours ago, Andy, can you send me the list of questions that you might ask? Or if you have them, can you can you give them ahead? And I think I, I just said, listen, um, we're gonna have fun and we'll figure it out as we go along and don't worry, we'll 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 make it work. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually br- a good comfort towards me. I was like, all right, we'll make this a, a good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Cool. I wanna know what your dating life is like nowadays. Well, 
I actually have a boyfriend now and uh, we live together and it's a big step for me. And I really, I don't know, it's probably the best situation I've ever been in. Wow. And how, and you, so and he, is he in the house now? Yes. In the computer room. Oh, okay. And yeah, I'm, I'm and, just chilling on the couch. And how does that play out? Because obviously your disability is going to have impact in terms of the things you're doing. And so how does he, how do you see the interaction with him? How does he, how does he help you knowing that you have the disability? Um, honestly, perfect, perfect guy that way. He's very understanding, like really like almost too relaxed. <laughs> no, he's uh, very understanding. And just, um, I understand like he would get frustrated from time to time because my comprehension, verbal comprehension skills or reading comprehension skills aren't exactly on par. So he has to repeat himself again and again. And uh, same thing with my memory too. Like I would forget certain special events or things like that. So doing the best I can, but he's yeah. very understanding. So we have date night tonight, and then you forget about it. Honey, it's date night. Yeah. Well, that's why I p pencil it in. Otherwise, yeah, I will forget. <laughs> and, and, and you use you use your computer. So basically, that's how you're managing your brain. Is that is that what you're doing? Or how, how do you make sure you don't forget stuff? I always have my phone on me all the time. Yeah, okay. otherwise, or a uh, little notepad, too. That way I can put those into the phone. But uh, yeah, otherwise, no, I'm, I'm screwed <laughs> if I don't have yeah. that. And have you had a day where you didn't make any notes, where you just let everything go? Um, not really, because I know it'd be scary without that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a crutch at the moment. I guess it's like your brain. You know, we often say now, like, the computer becomes like our brain in, in a lot of ways. But for you, it really is part of your brain. It is, yeah. I'm actually yeah, living right inside of it right now. Yeah. Mm. We have quiet on the show, by the way, just that, so you know, we kind of feel into what's going on. Not that. Oh, okay. Good. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to say some. <laughs> <laughs> good that you said that. Uh, you know, in some ways when we talk, I, I, I think of that, the, the drastic version of this was in this movie. And I'm sure you've heard the reference to Memento. You, 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 you heard of that or no, it's. I don't believe I have. Okay, well, it's an incredibly intense movie that Bambos probably would never want to watch. I, no, I watched it. I Did you watch it? it? Memento, of course. <laughs> um, he can send you the link. Cool. Um, I want it, all I wanted to share was that it's about an individual yeah. who doesn't have short-term memory anymore. So basically, he's trying to solve a murder, but he can't remember anything. So he always tattoos everything, every clue on his body so that he can, every morning try to remember everything he forgot from the day before. And then it's sort of oh, how, how cool. does he, how does he remember his, this, his past? It's quite an intense film. What? Well, that's cool. Well, I'm actually getting into tattooing actually. So I'll be doing that myself. You know what, you know what the first one is going to be on like the inside. It's going to say, remember to call mom. <laughs> that, yeah. I think she'd appreciate that actually. <laughs> how often, by the way, I just had, how often are you talking with your mother or with their support? Like how, how do you use support network now in your life? Um, how do I like utilize them and whatnot? Yeah. Like, like, would you say you talk to your parent every single day or is it like not some, you might not talk to them for a few weeks or how is that? 
Uh, I talk to her maybe like a few times a week, uh, just over text and stuff like that. But other than that, she's the one that I, oh, also my grandma too. Uh, she's one of my best girlfriends and, um, yeah, but no, I have a very close relationship with my mom and she, um, yeah, I tell her everything and just all my darkest secrets, everything like that. So she's yeah. very close. That's beautiful. The one thing that I, I have a weird question, which for I, for me is weird. You have, you, you basically, not only are we talking now, but you put yourself in in the kind of Facebook groups to say, hey, I'm ready to discuss this. And and my question is, what was the thing that you said, I'm ready to bring, I'm ready to, mm. to I mean, this is a fucking uncomfortable situation to be in if you can't remember a question that I'm going to ask you. So what compels you to say, I'm going to go out there and start to do this, to talk about it? Well, I just know that Whatever situation that comes my way, like if it's for the negative or positive, actually, no, I like to look at everything as a positive, but I really like to think that the only way I can improve is if I push myself. Wow. And so I got to keep pushing. And um, yeah, the only way like you're going to progress, especially after like an accident or something like that, just in life period, is you got to get out of your comfort zone and got to push yourself. And I have a mission and I'm going to get it done. So, oh, so yeah. what's your mission? <laughs> uh, well, it's just with the walking wounded and just really wanting to raise awareness for something that's very common but not common at the same time. And it means a lot to me. And so I figure now I'll do everything in my power to try and get uh, get everything done. And um, yeah, I, I know it's brought me a lot of su success right now, so I'm very privileged. But at the same time, too, it's about being proactive and putting in the time and effort. And I don't care how big of an ass I make myself to be, but it's a learning process, and I can just be grateful for the situation. It, yeah. It's funny because we've been together for 33 minutes so far, and, mm -hmm. and, you've, and you've kind of mentioned several times about you being an ass or um, and and like straight out. I haven't sensed anything like that from you. Well, that's good. Well, I think, but 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 what I, what I feel is that she's embracing the most negative thing that she could feel yeah. and making peace with that. Yeah. So I don't necessarily feel that, that she thinks she's an ass. She's like, if I can't accept that I look like an ass, then I wouldn't do this. So I've kind of made peace with that. Gotcha. That's pretty accurate, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, because that's the way I am. I wouldn't do this show if I didn't feel like it was okay to be seen as an ass. So I can relate and, with it. And a Gustavo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and it's back to that not giving a fuck attitude. It's just like, yeah. At the same time, too, like having respect for like you guys. So I'm not going to make an ass out of you guys. So I'm aware of my situation. So I don't know, just balance, really. Yeah. Nice. Karen, are there, are there helplines or support groups with mm. people who have similar experience with you that you can come together and share and talk? Yeah, well, right now I'm building a board of directors right now. That way I can get the, the nonprofit registered and that way I can start having services and really building a team to it. That way I can actually create the podcast, uh, create brochures for hospitals, stuff like that. But eventually I do want to be able to offer one-on-one um, -on -one therapy as well as group therapy too and uh, basically have an outlet for people to really come together and just talk about a common issue. Right. So, so what yeah. you're telling me is you're creating this thing yourself. Yes. 
Wow. Because it doesn't exist. No. Wow. It's interesting because if you think about it, as you speak, obviously there's a community of people that are suffering, which have no, as we talked about in the start of the show, we have no visible signs of it. So in some weird way, they have a very common struggle that, that I hear you're addressing. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, like I said, is that it's a very common and uncommon cause all at once. And, oh, shoot. Okay. Common, uncommon cause. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's fuck. great. Let's get it all out. Fuck, shit, bitch. I, I can't go any further. Otherwise, we might have to get some, some people angry with me. <laughs> Stupid little dog shit. Goddamn motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess – I guess the beauty of you embracing the fact that you're in this state is that you allow other people to make peace with it who are in the same situation you are. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want people to feel like they're alone in this. And that's why I really wanted to try and I don't know. I've never had a problem like growing up, just standing up for the the underdog. Right. And so I just figure someone's, um, I don't know, got to at least try and do this. Because yeah. there's a few quotes that I really live by, and that's "Be the change you want to see" by Gandhi, and that one really mm-hmm. resonates with me. Because if you, well, instead of bitching about politics and everything that's going wrong with the world, mm. do something about it. Get off your ass and get the shit done. Totally, couldn't agree any anymore. That's one of our great, great uh, vision statements for our show. Oh no way! Yeah. Cool, meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the world today, if you are not representing the thing that you want to see more of, then you're just play acting, <laughs> you know, True. so we'll cry and we'll be vulnerable in ways that are not always comfortable for us. But that's not that's 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 just how we're going to show up. Yeah. Hmm. It's interesting because as we sit together, I have this feeling like if I make a really long sentence, that it'll be hard for you to concentrate from the beginning to the end. Oh, dead on. Actually, very dead on about that. <laughs> so it's yeah, like I have to be yeah. able to comprehend what you're saying. I have to try and remember what you're saying. I have to formulate my own thought. Like, there's actually a, a lot of shit that goes on up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you did it ever happen to you going to the supermarket where people are interacting with you and you can't grasp what they're saying? Oh, absolutely. I've learned to just really analyze body language now and just get to the point where I'm like, ah, oh, yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But that's my oh, secret. Wow. So, so you you actually uh, that's a superpower, by the way. <laughs> oh shit! I've mil- multiple apparently. <laughs> Reading body language. Yeah, wow. I was gonna say, and and in some ways, bluffing your way that you understand, without necessarily needing to do anything except acknowledge and act like you kind of got what they were telling you. Oh yeah, you gotta like make sure you keep eye contact, but not too much, and you gotta like every now and then I can remember one key point that they were saying, so I just ask a question on that. So that way, that shows I'm engaged. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever have to come to that point to say, hey, I've got brain damage? Um, I've tried that once. I tried that on a Tinder date, actually. I became multiple Tinder dates. And um, it did not go so well. It's like, you don't look like it. So I'm just 
All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> so they did. Yeah, and how did you meet your current uh, boyfriend that you're living with now? Uh, I met him through um, a good friend of mine and uh, we were just chilling at uh, this house party and it was, yeah, just automatically drawn to him and just knew that I needed to, it was a weird feeling. Normally there's attraction, like you have the attraction, right? But it's like some cosmic thing. I just had to, had to know who the fuck this guy was. Yeah. And um, just, yeah, uh, just, worked out really well i guess <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and 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 i mean there must have been a process that as you spoke to him it became clear that you also had some brain damage so how did that get dealt with in that in, in meeting him like how did you connect around that oh shit that involves involves memory i don't remember that far back <laughs> wow yeah yeah i can imagine yeah, okay yeah i can't remember the whole process but i do know there was a process yeah yeah great we'll have to bring him on the show Cool. <laughs> when you said, and this is curious to me, because as you, when you said it, I kind of my brain kind of froze. It felt uncomfortable. When okay. you when someone talks to you, there'll be times that you don't really understand what they're saying. Yes. And then, so when it, it, and and you show acknowledgement of that just by nodding your head or looking at them like we discussed a moment ago. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and again, I go back to the point and you're on a fucking talk show for an hour. <laughs> I I know it's a, it's a bit of a challenge, but I'm using a lot of focus. I've had a lot of coffee, so I was okay. prepared. <laughs> and, and how many of these have you done since you started advertising that you would, you were open to this? Um, I think about, uh, a little under 10, maybe. And and from those 10, are there some that have gone really, not, I mean, nothing is bad, but ones you're like, oh, this just didn't work well. Uh, I think there's been a couple. Uh-huh. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's just been, um, I don't know, I'm along for the ride. So anything that happens, I'm yeah. like, meh. I guess I'm curious because now it would be interesting. And I know it goes back to memory and it may be a hard question. Was there a similarity in the ones that didn't go well? Uh, yeah, it's the ones where, um, oh crap, uh, I, where it's not as a plan, like a plan script or questions and whatnot, and it's just coming off the top of my head and that never ends well. Oh, okay. So basically, and in, in, in I think the way we run it would be potentially difficult for you if we weren't just very flexible and easily adapting, I'm guessing. No, you guys are making it very much I feel more comfortable now so it's I know nice you guys are very understanding so and relatable so it's helping a lot actually yeah. but but when you said Andy do me a favor and give me the questions then basically those questions are really like a crutch for you to get through that hour yes yeah wow. yeah so right now I'm just pulling shit out of my ass and it's yeah it's good and it works <laughs> When it comes to, you know, we're, we're talking now, God, how many years since this accident? It's, it's seven, almost eight. Almost eight years. Mm -hmm. In those eight years, have you been able to find work? Well, I've actually tried. And, um, yeah, I've tried going through uh, this company. It's called CCRW. <clears throat> and they help you try and transition into work again. 
and it didn't go well at all. So yeah, just my pain levels were too much to handle and I just couldn't handle it anymore. And my way of life or standard of living was just awful and I couldn't even make money. And so I'm just on disability in- income now. So it's, it's honestly, it's embarrassing. So that's why I'm also trying to, I don't create little side jobs every now and then or pursue arts. So that way I can try and uh, make a living for myself. Cause I, no one wants to live on government money. Right. I don't want to feel like I'm using the system, but yeah. that's just my perceptive perception on that. So yeah. not actually how it is. Wow. But I mean, in a weird way, you're, you're sort of, you're navigating a world that doesn't, that doesn't know how to deal with you. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's kind of, creating awareness through a I don't know unknown process it's more of I don't know it's a an interesting ride I'd say yeah it's a good way of putting it well, not yeah, mine but yeah but I mean and and I and that, this is going into more, probably a maybe more difficult question but are there things you're learning about society because of the, your state are the things you're like oh I, I I now see this clearer than I did before oh absolutely yeah like um Oh crap! I have to try and think. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess there's a lot of um, lear- I don't know, learning more about um, diff- two different types of worlds and stuff like that. One that's good and uh, one that's, I guess, quote unquote bad. But I've been learning lots and ins and outs of like street smarts and I don't know, like. Um, What's the other smart? Uh, book smart. So I've been learning both and it's been really helping me out. And I had no idea about this kind of world, what it's like. And uh, just, I don't know, it's it's taught me a lot. So that way I know how to better like protect myself and stuff like that. So, I mean, when you say this, I'm assuming that when you say street smart, it was it, is it, are there situations where you feel like people have even tried to take advantage of you because of your disability? Oh, it happens all the time. And it's it's frustrating because I don't know, like I'm not sure how to word it properly, but basically like because of how hard I've worked and I've seen results now, people are also trying to take advantage of that. And it's really frustrating, like trying to use what success I have so far just to try and be my friend. And it's just, it's really insulting. And at the same time too, like, uh, even before all this, like this past year, th- things have finally come to fruition. It's really been wonderful. But um, prior to that, I've noticed that some people have been trying to say like, oh, Karen, yeah, you um, you said this. And I'm, it's just it was very out of character for me. So I really doubt that I'd be capable of doing or saying something mm-hmm. like that. So it's just and then having someone who was there in that room, too, said like, you know, you actually didn't say that. I oh, got it. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's always a bit of a liability I, I hear because in some way, you know, like most people without having uh, uh, any brain incapacity, like everyone has their own version of reality, but the fact that you have the disability means the other person can say, yeah, yeah, but it's because of your disability. You don't remember this. Exactly. It's really, it's upsetting. That would be frustrating as hell. Yeah, but yeah you, no, I want to knock some people out, not going to lie. Yeah. You're saying something really beautiful for me, actually. Mm. Like, you know it would be out of character yeah. for yourself to say something. Yep. And it, and it, what comes up for me is a gut feeling. Mm. Yeah. So, you have my, like, hearing you, the gut must be really strong. 
in you? Yeah, I guess the gut is, I don't know. It's Superpower. Usually just, <laughs> <laughs> it's really just hungry, but that's about it. Yeah, I was going to say, she's equating <laughs> it with another thing at the moment. Uh, <laughs> it, it, but it doesn't, like with Andy and me, we all, we're very like sensitive in our bodies. Yeah. So we'll tend to feel things yeah. before we understand them. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I resonate with that. Absolutely. I've noticed that um, I'm becoming more in tune with my body and just really trying to listen to what my gut's telling me. Mm. And it's really been quite the process. And it's very moving, actually, just like how much I'm learning about uh, my myself and like what I'm capable of, as well as what other people are capable of and trusting mm. their judgment or not trusting their judgment. Mm. It, so you have brain damage not physical damage in a way your body is uh, a big sense organ so i would say it senses bullshit before it happens if it happens that's, that's pretty accurate <laughs> yeah you know, it, oh go ahead no actually i forgot okay sorry and that's what i thought I was like, oh shit i gotta break um when when and i want to go back to both of your points which is when you said it i it, it actually triggered me like it did bambos out of character what, the one thing I know that when someone says something that, Andy, you said that, then I might have even said it, but not with the intention that they've applied to it. So not that they so it's like they're they're interpreting my words in a way that I see isn't what was not, was clearly not the way I wanted them to be. Oh, absolutely. And that's actually a really interesting way of looking at that is that I possibly could have said those words, but different context. Right. Yeah. And, but I mean, in a way that I, I think for all three of us makes us very comfortable because in that, I think you're right because I don't want to argue with you and you don't, you don't see me right at the moment either. So that's okay. <laughs> By the way, we have Edis. I'm going to say her name, Edis. It is. Thank, Thank you. you for the honesty and lightness in your shares, Karen. Yeah, that's Edis. With a heart. Aww. Is that a heart? That's a heart. Oh, that's I a heart. That. Oh shit! Oh. I didn't realize this was live. That's awesome. Oh, that's Thank funny. You. I I thought that was an ice cream cone because it looks like a double <laughs> scoop of ice cream sideways. It could also be testicles. Oh, it could be, but then that would be a pointy penis. That would. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and he's learning the emoticons. <laughs> yeah. In fact, well, we, all you gotta we, do is just turn your head sideways, and you're uh, good. Yeah, we have one. We have one man who. He sent us, in fact, I need to find it again. He sends us emojis. And for a year, he was trying to communicate with us, but I didn't know what his emojis meant. So now when he sends us an emoji, I have a translator that I can I can use to see what he's trying he, to tell he us. He sent Andy a translator. Yes. Uh, so you have very stylish glasses. I'm a photographer. Mm. Did, did your style change? Well, uh, prior to my accident, I actually didn't need glasses. And then since my brain injury, that affected my uh, five senses. And um, so, yeah, my smelling, my uh, sense of smell, sight, hearing, everything like that has changed. Taste, even the taste. Taste. Yeah. So would you say there were foods that you are, that you used to eat that now you like, eh? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to think of all of them, but I kind of like Itchy Ban a bit more now. And um, what's that? Oh, it's uh, like um, mama noodles, um, that kind of stuff. It's like, a really uh, nice noodle place. Yeah. 
but it's just a uh, packaged food really <laughs> but um yeah i don't know it's, just, it's very weird because at first I, it's like i couldn't really taste so i just would be numb and just nod along with what people are telling me like oh it's food okay yum mm. <laughs> wow so you you had food that you liked that you tasted again and you didn't actually even taste the flavor anymore not really yeah i just remember uh I think my mom, she dropped off some uh, ribs once. And I just remember thinking like, okay, I think I used to like ribs, but I can't really taste it. So I'm just kind of nodding along with her. I've actually never told her this. I feel so bad. When you said that your five senses were affected, that really was like, that kind of freaked me out. Because in some weird way, if you, I always think about the world as we have these senses and then we have kind of the supercomputer. And the senses are out there processing the world. And then the supercomputer kind of consolidates and makes sense of the world. It, don't listen to what I've said. I know it's too complicated, right? But stay with me for the next thing. Now, <laughs> how is it that you now have a limited capacity to use these senses? Like, how, how, do you, how does it feel to not taste or not smell? Like, how do you, how, how do you experience the world differently because of that? It's not that I don't anymore. It's like my senses have been growing back. So I can like taste better, smell better, everything like that. But just my glasses, my sight is not is affected a bit more. But um, overall, oh, shoot, what was the question? Okay, the question was, was like, how does it feel to live without your senses? Oh, um, it's definitely different. And also I get sensory overload sometimes too. It's really contradictory. Like I'll give an example. Like um, – like when it comes to uh, processing sounds or anything visual, that's where I get a lot of my triggers with pain. Mm. And so I've seen like a neurologist several times progress of how I would practice going to the grocery store, just even going in the car with my mom because it was too much to handle, like the, the light. Because think about it, you have to focus on the light that's around you, you have to focus on the sounds around you, you have to think about your own thoughts, you have to think about their thoughts, you have to think about your body, how it's moving, everything. It's Ugh. you take it for granted, but I had no idea about this kind of world. Wow. Yeah, wow. it's a lot. So, so you're, yeah. you're aware of everything that's moving and happening within and outside of yourself. Yeah, it's really trippy actually, but it's kind of kind of cool but sometimes too it becomes too much so over time and with a lot of practice it's gotten a lot better so that way it can actually go out in public now it can actually talk to people a bit more and yeah it's been really interesting experience i'll say it's almost like everything that everyone takes for granted in their auto system just how their system functions without them thinking about it, you have to put thought into yeah so that's why like whenever I, I draw a blank is because like i'm trying to process so many things and trying to remember everything it's just there's so much to focus on whereas like before i would take it for granted and i would just i don't know go and do me and be able to tune things out whereas you have to when someone's talking to you and you have other distractions and it's actually really difficult to try and remember formulate your own thoughts so i just have to tell people to, sh to frankly shut the fuck up i'm trying to think here yeah Again, I, I see this as a superpower, and I'll tell you why. Just note it down there is a superpower. Okay. <laughs> In general, what I see people who are normal, they override themselves. And then they have to medicate themselves so that they can keep on going. Mm -hmm. And with you, you're so sensitive, you're aware of 
where the lines are and you stop and you take some time to reconnect again and decompress well absolutely like um so there's some times where i become too much stimulus overload where uh when i was in the hospital i wouldn't be able to process it so well so i'd be puking all the time i actually lost significant amount of weight and of course i gained it back but hey pleasantly <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i just remember puking a lot and um, every morning because I couldn't handle all the stimulus that was going on. And so I just lost a lot of weight. I became almost anorexic. And um, yeah, so now I, I'm handling it a lot better, but it's just very difficult. And so there's times where I'd be like a week or more just bedridden and stuff like that, not able to do anything because it's just processing all that information. So, yeah. It, it's almost like a rebirth, Karen, because mm. when babies... <laughs> when babies are born they need to like they wrap them up so that they don't take in too much in one go and also they cry a lot to to decompress oh. it's too much so, it so feels like, basically like cradle myself right now is that what you're saying mm, well you you mentioned blankets right like like okay i need to like block everything out now just to come back ah babies can't do that for themselves so wow. mommy and daddy do it for them that's really cool. It's actually mm. kind of poetic in a way, just about a rebirth, right? Yeah. It kind of is. And I guess I got my wish uh, that came true that I got a chance at life again. It was pretty cool. Yeah, because you're really relearning everything. But as an adult, where as a child, if you stumble around and puke and shit yourself, everyone thinks you're cute. But <laughs> as an adult, all of a sudden it's like, why are you doing this? And so, so in some ways, you're going through that process of reacquainting yourself with these are hands this is the taste of a food this is the smell of something and how does it affect me there is that's a actually very accurate yeah because there's um like even with walking when i go for walks with my boyfriend i just it, it's frustrating because i'm trying to like focus on walking at the same time but like i remember my mom actually a while back she made a comment that i actually have stopped moving my i think it was my left arm when I walk. So I have to really, and sometimes it feels like I'm on a pirate ship or something like that. Uh -huh. It doesn't have to be any ship. I want to say pirate ship, <laughs> but um, it feels like I'm on a ship and just, it feels like everything's kind of going like around. Uh, it feels very, it's like my balance is very off when I'm walking. It's just, it's mm -hmm. very different life. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we have, it's actually Genesis. Genesis was the person who was on before she's on another account. Yeah, so yeah. Genesis shares. Hello, Genesis. We've Hello. had her on the show also. She was on a show. We had a really nice time with her. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your insight. That's uh -huh. And then we have Bolalong in South Africa. And this is an interesting comment. He writes, for the most part of this show, I've been trying to imagine myself in your situation, Karen. It felt like quite a challenge. I don't even think I imagined it as you feel it. I have the same challenge that Bola Long. There's a, I always feel on the show when someone speaks, I try to feel where I can identify with this in myself. So mm -hmm. when, you, when you're talking, I'm feeling, where does this feel true for me? Or how do I feel that in myself? And when you said, I lost my senses, <laughs> My my the bottom dropped out of my 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 thoughts because I'm like I can't even begin to fathom what that would be. Yeah. 
yeah it's really like another another world it can be honestly it's been hell a lot of it but at the same time too it's been a blessing and in, in disguise too so i don't know, gotta look at the pros and cons right the only thing i could equate it with was when i traveled to india as a backpacker i was so overwhelmed my smell was that my hearing, everything was loud. I was looking at the most horrible things in my life. So I felt so overwhelmed with stimulus that I just needed to shut down and go to a room and get under the covers to try to, uh, to just try to feel, uh, you know, my, my stomach. Just turned. Yeah. You, you spent time in India. No, I've traveled there for, yeah. for work. It's painful. Yeah. But unimportant. That's, that's, that isn't even close to what you experienced. And that's the closest I come to that feeling of overwhelm. Yeah. Well, Karen, we've gone over our hour. We've done it. We've done it. Cool. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate the insightful questions you have and taking the time to listen to my, you know, my memory and stuff like that. We send you a hug. Thank you, Karen. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. It was great being with you. Mm. I really didn't know what to expect with this show, but I really enjoyed it. Yes, beautiful. It's interesting because I, I, what I love about us being here is that it is present with what's present. Yeah. And in this case, it was beautiful to be with Karen, feel and sense the struggle that she might have as we went through the show and feel like where do we adapt just to make sure that we keep connection and make sure that we don't, we don't fall into uh to, to making it uncomfortable or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and I mentioned one thing I was tracking in myself is, Andy, a sentence can't go to three sentences. Yeah. It's either a sentence or don't ask it. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that was really uh, interesting for me to also feel into, I think that's one, one way I could identify with the struggle. I was like, oh, if I have to hold on to one part of a sentence and then carry it to the second sentence, it's a struggle. Because I have to remember what you said a minute ago or a second ago and then still remember that again. And then maybe you bring a concept in. Sometimes I have that with you and I have to say, Andy, simplify. Yeah. Or ask it a different way. Ask it a different way, yeah. And and I and I was very conscious of it now. But I don't treat you like you have brain damage, but I can if you'd like. I've got brain damage. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, please do so. <laughs> we see you tomorrow. We're going to see you tomorrow on a wonderful chaos and so much more. Bye-bye. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it that way.